Welcome into the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark King. For this show, the Grizzlies go out and win two more games over the weekend, a five-game winning streak for the young team, something that I did not think would happen at any point this time this year, but it has, and they are on their way to the playoff race. We'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Pull up, jump shot. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the show. Like I mentioned, the Grizzlies are on a five-game winning streak. Took out the Warriors last night on Sunday night, 122-102. The Spurs on Friday night, 134-121. They are solidly in the playoff race for the Western Conference. They are now eighth, uh, another full game above the Spurs and only four games out of the seventh spot. Don't look now. So that's super fun. We're going to talk about that a little bit on today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about some social media stuff I've seen over the weekend and this conversation that keeps happening around the Grizzlies and the playoffs in the first segment of today's show. In the second segment of the show today, we're going to do our weekend roundup like we do every single Monday. And then on the third segment of the show, we are going to do our Monday mailbag. Had quite a few questions like we do every single week, so stick around for that. But before we do any of those things, make sure you go subscribe to the show, whatever podcast platform you're using. It's out there in every single one of them. Just go out and check it out. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the shows that we do. If you're in Apple iTunes, make sure you go record or excuse me, rate and review the show. It really helps us out. Please go review. I'd love the review. It really helps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all the listens. The Andre Iguodala trade specials are still up. Those are huge right now, blowing up right now. The uh, they are have eight different trade, eight different trade partners, teams that we think will probably be the most likely to do a deal for the Grizzlies if a deal happens, which I think it will. And then we also hear from different writers and or locked on hosts that cover those teams to get some kind of inside perspective because we all know you can't know each and every single team like the people who cover those teams. Like like we know the Grizzlies, people can't possibly know the Grizzlies like we do, vice versa. So we got some perspective from other writers and other Locked On hosts as well. So go check those two shows out, part one and part two out in your podcast feed. Just another reason to subscribe to the show. So go check those out. Let's get on with the show. I want to talk about first. It's been a little bit, a few minutes on this, on this, just a little bit. There is this, there is this, just uh, this rhetoric, I guess, if you want to call it, on social media that the for some reason I don't know why um, there is a lot of people out there, uh, select a few Grizzlies fans that are somehow afraid of making the playoffs, or they're afraid of what the team might do to make the playoffs. And let's just take it for what it is. First of all, um, the Grizzlies, 
have a different front office. I know, I know a lot of you out there have been shook by the previous front office, have been damaged. This, I know, I have been damaged as well. We have all been wounded and scarred for life from the previous front office. I get it. I really do because I've been there. I once wrote a five-part series over at grizzlybearblues.com about how the front office was the worst front office in the franchise history over the last decade. And it was largely true and it held true from the time I wrote it to the time they left. They were not good at all. But guys, I just want to make sure you know this. That that's gone. That's over. It's okay to come out of your come out of yours. It's, it's okay. Come into a safe place with me. It's all right. This front office that we've seen go out and turn Mike Conley into Grayson Allen and Brandon Clark and who we've seen turn uh, Javon Carter. I don't know if you guys even remember him, but Javon Carter into D'Anthony Melton, the second round picks after second round pick, turn all these guys that they had into actual assets. That's who this front office is. I don't know if you remember that, but we have been talking about how good this front office is for for how many months now? How many months have we been talking about it? And this is what they've done. So what 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 gives you any indication, any thought at all that they're going to be like, you know what? I know we had a plan at the beginning of the year. I understand that plan, but you know what? Screw it. Let's go out and trade for Kevin Love. Like who? No one... No one's going to do that. Like, what makes you think they're going to do that? And I've seen a lot of people on the Twitter.com app, you know, compare, make historical comparisons. Oh, well, you know, you know, they've done it before. Oh, well, you do you remember that Justin Holiday trade when we got two, for, you know, sent away two second rounders for Justin Holiday? Yeah, I remember all that. And you should. But this ain't that. This is not that front office. So there's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be afraid of. Until they give you a reason to doubt them, and so far they have not. All the reasons this front office has given you is to be excited about the possibility of what they could get for anything. Until they give you a reason to doubt them and what they're going to do, why are you so worried? What are you so scared of? There's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be worried about. This team isn't suddenly just going to be like, all right, let's change this entire landscape and change the entire thinking of what we've been doing the entire year and do something different. Because they've shown, they have shown in the past over other transactions what their goal is. They've said it publicly what their goal is. They have shown us by their that by what they've done on the on and off the court what their goal is for this 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 year. This year is about development, and if they make the playoffs, great. If they don't, that's okay too. But they're about development, and if they can go out and turn those expiring contracts into assets that help them the long term, but also kind of help them the short term, that's okay too, because that's what you're supposed to do as a franchise. You're supposed to continually make your team better all the time, all the time. If that means going out and trading even a second rounder to throw in a throw in and, and get somebody back who you would never normally be able to track in free agency, that's okay too. You know what, if you've got to spend and send Marco Goodrich or a second round pick to get someone like Joe Harris, you go do it. Because not only does he help your team right now, he's also helping your team for the future. Joe Harris is like 26 years old. He's not old at all. And he has got four or five years left in the tank. There's no reason to overspend to go buy someone and overspend for two years in Joe Harris when you can lock him up for, lock him up for four. And he can be a part of your team in your core and what you're trying to do for the next four or five years alongside Jaron, not in place of Jaron or oh, those other type of things. Not in place of what you're trying to do, but alongside of what you're trying to do. I always say all this because 
there's no reason to have this idea or notion that the Grizzlies are going to somehow change or what they're doing. It's just not going to happen. And there's there's no reason to think that because they've never done that. There's no reason to make historical comparisons because there's absolutely no history to compare it to. This is the first trade deadline that this front office. You can't say, what they, look what they've done before because they've never done it before. You can't do that with this front office. So, enjoy this ride. Enjoy the Grizzlies being awesome at basketball right now. Enjoy John Moran and Jaron being so awesome and so much fun to watch. Because guess what? They're well on their way to the seventh seed. Who cares? Who cares if we get excited about the seventh seed? Do it. Be, have fun. That's what this is about. Don't let people poo-poo on the idea of making the playoffs or getting the seventh seed. Who cares? You know, that's okay. I'm okay with that. You should be too. We'll be right back. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at a less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level is, they make a bike for it. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn more about their limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A, echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about our weekend roundup from the, the Grizzlies games. I'm only going to largely talk about this Golden State Warriors game. I was at a holiday party on Friday, I'll be honest with you. And um, yeah, I didn't watch the game on Friday because I was super drunk. Anyway, it was fun. Our holiday party was fantastic. We have ours in, the, uh, in January of the year. And so it was great. It was a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of great people, a lot of good friends. So either way, let's talk about this Golden State Warriors game. This box score is one of the craziest box scores you can look at. I mean, if you just look at it, Jonas Valanciunas, 19 rebounds, 31 points. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., 21 points, 5 rebounds, uh, 3 for 6 from 3. Uh, Brandon Clark, let's see, 9 points, 11 rebounds. Tyus Jones, 11 points, uh, 4 assists. Uh, John Morant, 11 points, 10 assists. And then, of course, Grayson Allen, 11 points as well. Uh, D'Anthony Mellon, 10 points. Uh, let's see. I mean, there's just, just the box score is insane because it's, it's just a stat stuff of a box sheet. It, that's what's crazy about it is that, don't get me wrong, the Warriors are bad. Like, they are a bad team. Bad team. But the Grizzlies went out and did their thing last night. They had a great third quarter. They outscored them 35-17 to 17 in the third quarter. Like, that, that's crazy. Had 60 rebounds. 60 rebounds and 62 points in the paint. You're not going to win too many games if you're the Warriors letting the Grizzlies do 60, 62 points in the paint and 60 rebounds. It's just, that's just not going to happen. It's just not. 18 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies. I mean, that's nine offensive rebounds for Jonas Valanciunas by himself which is insane to me. You know, this game was just so much fun to watch. There was a point in the game where Jaron Jackson Jr. came off a screen, just nailed a three, just like dead eye in someone's face. And the very next play, uh, John Morant gets leaked out on a fast break. Anthony Bump throws an alley-oop, and John Morant just throws it down. So that's what the Grizzlies are. It's your 6'11 power forward, just dead-eyed nailing threes on a play, and then your point guard just throwing down alley-oops viciously on the next play. I mean, this, 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 this team is fun. 
it's just fun to watch now that they have a lot of things figured out. You know, Jay Crowder only played 20 minutes. I didn't even notice. Didn't even care. Uh, Dylan Brooks had a bad night. Three for 11, only seven points. You know, and, and to be quite honest, this is why you shouldn't take plus or minus into account that much, guys. Dylan Brooks, let me read you a stat line. Three for 11. Zero for six from three. Two rebounds, five fouls, nothing else. Seven points. He was a plus three. He was, a, he was a plus three in last night's game. And let me read Jay Crowder's stat line. One for seven from the field, uh, five points, six rebounds, uh, two turnovers, plus 19. Plus or minus is more about who you play with than anybody else, anything else. So but when people throw around plus or minus, just be wary of that. That gives, gives you a very good indication of how that stat is used. But Dylan Brooks, again, just really struggled. Uh, obviously, they didn't need him to do anything last night, just – but he just overall struggled, and that's okay. It's going to happen. Not really too much about that. Jonas Valanciunas was a man, was a man amongst boys. Thirteen for seventeen in front of the field, and usually I I you guys know I complain about when Jaron doesn't have that many uh, shots or job. But look, Jonas Valanciunas was killing it last night. Nineteen rebounds, twenty four points, and or excuse me, thirty one points. Just did a really really good job. They could not stop him. Their bigs are awful, but also he was just having a really good night. So uh, shout out to Jonas Valanciunas. Did a really really good job. Uh, of taking advantage of what they were giving him and just being a bully, you know, nine rebounds. I don't know exactly how many of those are offensive rebounds were for second chance points, but it feels like a lot. Just, it feels like a lot. Um, Solomon Hill had 17 minutes, still a little, probably a little much for me. Again, I think that's going to work itself out. Shout out to great uh, uh, Kyle Anderson at 13 minutes, though. It's more up from his seven that he's been having. Um, still too low for me. Uh, Grayson Allen had 15 minutes. Probably about three or three of those were uh, garbage time minutes for Grayson Allen, but still got in the game nonetheless. I thought it was overall just a fantastic game. It was fun to watch. Uh, it, it was just so much fun to see them guys throwing alley-oops all over the place, run up and down the court. Um, and really, again, that third quarter is what, what did it for them. They ratcheted up the defense and got out in transition, got you know got out scoring points, and, and you really just can't it's, – it's hard to deal with the Grizzlies when they're doing that. I mean, when they're, when they're actually – Getting stops and out in transition, that is just tough to beat. And that's their offense. That is what they are predicated. That is what they're best at is getting out in transition, running the floor, uh, throwing alley-oops. They only had 11 three-pointers, and they have usually have more than that. Uh, they, only shot, they were only 11 for 35. There's really not as many as you normally see them when they, in those wins, but they didn't really have to. And the, you know they, they did so much running in that third quarter that really got them uh, out and, and really sealed the, sealed the game for them, you know, scoring 62 points in, in the paint as well. So shout-out to the Grizzlies because that was a fun game to be as a fun game to watch, fun, game, fun to talk to the players after those type of games for sure. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do our Monday mailbag segment like we do every single week. Welcome back to the show. We'll talk on our Monday mailbag segment like we do every single week in the last segment of the Monday show. So if you haven't gotten your questions in before, make sure you go and do that. Just send them to me at King underscore producer on Twitter at Locked on Grizz on Twitter is the show handle. Both of those DMs are open. So go send me those questions. If you have some during a game, if you think of one, Shoot it over to me. We'll hold it until the next month. It doesn't have to be on the Sunday where I generally send out a tweet asking for questions. It can be any part, any time of the day. Just shoot it to me. I probably will answer you right away and just tell you what the answer I think is going to be and then actually answer it on the show for everybody else as well. Let's get started uh, with the first question from at John McHale off the third, I think, on Twitter. He DM'd me this question. What do, what do you think the Grizzlies are going to do with Josh Jackson? I think they'll probably trade him. I don't think Josh Jackson ever plays a minute for the Memphis Grizzlies in the uniform of a Grizzly. 
I think he will be with the hustle until they figure out what they're going to do with him. And I think they'll trade him when it comes time to trade him. I think you'll probably see him put in a deal maybe to uh, make a sweeter, sweeten the pot maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know if he'll ever play for the Grizzlies at all. Uh, but I think he'll probably be moving on and either use the as a trade ship or he would possibly be waived after the trade deadline. I hope for the latter because I, I don't even agree with what they're doing right now. I think they should just go ahead and wave him or trade him. One or the other. Just There's no sense in holding on to him and forcing him to play in the G League. It's just goofy. It just doesn't make sense. It just It's not some type of punishment. It, it's, it's, it's borderline unprofessional to, to me, honestly. Uh, but either way, I don't think he ever plays for the Grizzlies. Next question comes from at Grizz Affiliate. If you can speak on Jaron's development this year, and have you seen some of the increased passing ability of Jaron being it was non-existent last year? I feel like he has really impressed me. I feel like he has really impressed me with his vision. You know, Jaron's got an underrated vision a, a, a lot. I, I say that from the time that he started playing last year. Like his ability to pass in space is really, really underrated. I, I think that we talked about this on the show quite a few times last year when he was playing with Marcus All. Like the ability to to see things in small spaces is really a thing that he does quite well. And you know, his his development this year is all about the outside shot. Like. That's one of my favorite parts about this year is Jaron being an absolute knockdown shooter. Like, he's taking shots that shooting guards take. He's coming off of screens and just shooting. Like, that is not a power That is not a power forward. It, I mean, it's cool. It's fun to watch. And that's his biggest development. That, that right there is his game now. And he is legitimate. He's the best three-point shooter on the Grizzlies team. He is a legitimate three-point threat every time he walks out on the court. That is his biggest development by far of this year and it's taken his game it's changed it a little bit but it's a lot you know it's put since they pushed him to the outside with the onus playing inside you know that's really since that's come along and it's been like now that's a thing it's really not that big a deal that he doesn't play inside or rebound or all those type of things that much because that's what you have Jonas Valanciunas for. So, you know, we talked earlier in this year about how we wanted to see more Jaren inside or more pick and roll, those type of things. Well, that's kind of changed the way that they do or the way they play with Jaren and Jonas on the floor at the same time. Like one of the biggest plays they run is like a, a horns flare. It's a flare out for Jaren's three. And it happens all the time. Um, that's like, that's his play. So uh, that's his biggest, that's by far his biggest development. Next question comes from at half and half 19 Vince Roscoe, my boy Vince. Thank you for the question. As always, seems like you uh, submit a question every single week. So I appreciate that. Uh, he asked, what is your ideal end of game lineup for a stop one possession and vice versa for a bucket? Like, that's a good question. I'll give you that. That is a very good question because it's difficult to answer because there's a lot of factors that go into that. There are, you know, who else is playing on the court, who you're playing against, uh, you know, who's, who's hot things, who's playing well. But if I have to go with a lineup, I'm putting... John Moran out there, obviously. I'll probably put DeAnthony Melton as a two guard. I would put Kyle Anderson as a three, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that gives a good dose of defense plus a good dose of offense, rebounding, athleticism, all those type of things. That's what I would go with if I had to make a decision right now. But I think, you know, given that caveat, that, that could probably be fluid in terms of uh, who's out there? He also asked another question: What would I trade, or would I trade for Ben Simmons if Jaron and Jaw were not involved in that trade? I wouldn't trade anybody for Ben Simmons because I'm just not a Ben Simmons fan personally. Uh, because if you do that deal, you're probably looking at giving out someone like Brandon Clark, and I just don't like that idea. I think they got something really, really good, and I don't like the idea of giving up Ben, <clears throat> giving up someone for Ben Simmons because I don't think he is a good player. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's okay, but I don't think he is as good as people think he is. I prefer my point guards that can shoot threes. That's just me. 
Next question comes from Aaron Parker at Mim Bingle on Twitter. JJJ's leap in threes this year at his size and skill set is making him comps for hard. Who does he remind you of at this point, given the evolution of his game that is underway? You know, that's a difficult question because I've never really thought about that. I've always kind of comped him to Anthony Davis. That was kind of my biggest comp that I'd had for him. But I feel like he's, you know, he does have a lot of Kevin Garnett in him at this point. Um, but I, I don't really know. There's, there's really not a whole lot of guys that can have that elite shooting ability like he does. Uh, Kevin Love can shoot the ball really well. Uh, maybe that's probably a better comp. Maybe Kevin Love. Um, as far as his shot is concerned, but he's, he's got a little bit of all those people in him. I think that he can do, I mean, he can, he's got a post-up game. He can drive the, he can drive the rim. He does a really good job. He's got, he's got moves while he's driving to the rim. Now he shoots the ball at an elite level from the three point line. Um, you know, his rebounding game's not great, uh, but you know, like it's just, he's got a little bit of all those guys in him. Probably it's really hard to give him a comp right off. Just, I haven't really thought about this question, but if I, if I had to say that is what I would probably give you as an answer. Next question comes from at John Nassif 96 with trade deadline approaching how much or should roster chemistry be taken into account for each move, getting young players and draft assets seem to be a still priority, but curious as to what extent this our office is willing to tinker with in-house chemistry slash leadership. That's a good question. I meant to, I meant to address that on the uh, show earlier in the segment, in the first segment, but I'll address it here now. Um, you should be taking roster chemistry into account always. You know, this is probably, uh, probably geared towards Jay Crowder more than anybody because Jay Crowder is a big voice in that locker room. Uh, Taylor Jenkins asked him to do a lot. He, you know, he is kind of like Taylor's second voice. I mean, he does a lot in this locker room. So like, you know, you really have to take into account what he offers you for this young team. And that can be said on the floor, on the court, in the locker room. He does a lot for this young team and teaching them how to win all these type of things. So, you know, when people give you an offer for Jay Crowder, if it's some like crappy second round pick and that's the best you're going to get, I'd say you keep him. I mean, I'd say you have to legitimately take into account and legitimately have a conversation internally with what you're getting versus him, Jay Crowder, specifically Jay Crowder, not anybody else, but specifically Jay Crowder, what he can do for you in the locker room and what he's able to do for these young guys. I think that's a conversation you have to have. Now, if someone offers you a first-round pick, you do it, no questions asked, and you move on. I think that is something you do consider when making trades, team chemistry, all those type of things. But at the end of the day, you do have to take the business part into perspective, the fact that Jay Crowder is the most likely not coming back next year. Solomon Hill is not coming back next year. Andre Goodell is not even here this year. So, you know, there are trades that, you know, like Andre Goodell, you can make right away and it doesn't affect your team chemistry because he's never been around at all this year anyway. So Josh Jackson, you can make that trade right now. He's never been around anyway. It doesn't matter. So, you know, there are certain certain times where that really doesn't matter. And there are also times when you do have to take into consideration when you're trading a, you know, guy who's playing in the starting lineup, guy who, you know, is very uh, looked at from the coaching staff as far as one of, the, one of the leaders, one of the voices of the team. So that is a conversation you have to have. Now, ultimately, I think you'll probably be traded. Ultimately, I think you'll probably get what you want for someone like Jay Crowder or Solomon Hill, all those type of guys. And I don't think it changes the dynamic that much in terms of, chemistry, all those type of things, because these young guys seem guys really seem to be coming together quite a bit, but you do have to have a conversation with your, with your staff, with your front office internally with, if you get something for Jay Crowder, that's just like a second round pick and that's it, or just something really not very good, which I don't think it's going to happen, but just, if it's just not very good, that's a conversation you have to have with yourself and with your staff. Is that worth 
the idea of just him staying on the team, even though, yes, he'll walk away, his expiring contract will expire, and he won't come back, you know, is that worth just him walking away? But also being here for the rest of the season, teaching this team how to win in the NBA and how to play through the mental toughness it's gonna when you're going to hit the rookie wall, when you're gonna, you've traveled for so many games, all those type of things. Those are real things in the league that go into the winning and losing and not just what's on the court. So I think it's a conversation you have to have for sure. Whether that happens or not, I don't think it will. I think it will ultimately be traded because I think the Grizzlies will get what they want. That's it for today's show. Make sure you guys submit your questions in for next week for the show on Monday. Get your questions in throughout the week, all week, so that we can talk about them next week in the third segment like we do every single week. We'll be back tomorrow with Amari Sankofa like we do always every single Tuesday. Make sure you go check out the Andre Iguodala Cherry Specials. They're already in your podcast feed. Speaking of podcast feed, go rate and review the show on Apple iTunes. I really appreciate the show. Really appreciate the review. Go subscribe to the podcast or whatever podcast feed you use so you don't miss any shows that we come out. We'll see you guys tomorrow.